Okay, people, so right now we got that out the way. Let us check out this week's films. Okay, so fans of Japanese cinema, yo, you can rejoice because BFI Japan 2020 is now upon us. So from the information on the website, it reads, In this major season, we spotlight Japanese filmmakers who have inspired admiration and fascination around the world. We have long carried a torch for Japanese film here at the BFI. Since the birth, the first BFI London Film Festival opened with Akira Kurosawa's Fawn of Blood in 1957, we've played a vital role in bringing the cinema of this culturally rich nation to UK audiences through our festivals, seasons, theoretical distribution, books and video publishing. In this major season, we spotlight filmmakers who have inspired admiration and fascination around the world. We begin our story with Akira Kurosawa and over the coming months we'll present films from the golden age, a focus on Yasugira Uzu, new wave rebels, the visionary creations of anime, the neverworlds of J-horror and so much more with archived rarities to contemporary works and cult classics. This landmark season will take place on the BFI player. It started on the 11th of May and it will continue with new new online collections released each month. And they expect to present it at the BFI South Bank and cinemas nationwide later on in the year. So, yes. You'll be able to see stuff like Seven Samurai, Drunken Angel, Ran, Stray Dog. I mean, just classics like that. So, yeah, if you're a fan, um, go check it out, right? So, you'll be pleased to know you can get a free 14-day free trial of the BFI player. Um, and after that, it is four ninety nine a month, but you can cancel whenever you want. And another thing that a lot of you know film fans may enjoy, um, you know, there will be a lot of exclusive introductions from Mark Commode. So that is Japan twenty twenty. It's on the BFI player right now, people. Go check it out. Okay, film fans. This will be of interest to you. 
Today, Cinema Showtime, an Indiegogo crowdfunding multimedia project designed to reunite film fans following the coronavirus lockdown, has launched. They will be working in partnership with Medi Cinema, the charity that brings the magic of film to hospitals. Cinema Showtime is a project that is looking forward to a time when restrictions are lifted and we can start going and doing what we love again, going to the pictures. It is looking forward to a time when we can watch rescheduled movies that we have been waiting to see for months on the big screen with our friends. The current guidelines suggest that we can expect to see cinemas reopen to the public from July the 4th. Perhaps that will be our own Independence Day. (laughs) What the Cinema Showtime project involves production and distribution of a free glossy magazine written by film experts and packed with the ultimate preview of every movie being released between November the 20th and August the 23rd. Sorry, that's November 2020 to August 2021. This will include the latest release dates, info, features, interviews and more. Staging a one-off live event in a prominent London venue called Cinema Showtime Live that fans and contributors will be invited to attend. This will include a fan lottery with incredible prizes and money can't buy merchandise and experiences also creating an online site and newsletter that celebrates the return of cinema with up-to-the-minute news and information production unique and exclusive merchandise to tie in with the event and film releases and also 10% of all contributions and money raised will go to the charity MediCinema to assist with their work. The teams behind Cinema Showtime, Creative Path Group Limited, Strike Media Limited and My Film Club will be monitoring the latest coronavirus guidelines to ensure that what is planned will be sensible and time sensitive. The first glossy magazine is currently scheduled for October. As this proceeds, a number of major rescheduled movie releases for November onwards. These include No Time to Die, Black Widow, Soul, Free Guy, Peter Rabbit 2, Fast and the Furious 9, Top Gun Maverick, Coming to America 2, The Tomorrow War, Venom 2 and many more. Medi Cinema is a registered UK charity that builds and runs state-of-the-art cinemas in NHS hospitals which accommodate beds and medical equipment. They work to help improve patient well-being, resilience and recovery through the power of film and the shared cinema experience. Currently their cinemas are suspended just like all 
regular cinemas across the country. Instead, they are providing a free movie channel for patients to access at their bedsides during the long periods of isolation that come with restricted visiting hours. We are raising money for them to keep these services running and to ensure their in-hospital cinemas can reopen when it is safe to do so. Um, The MediCinema CEO, Kat Mason, said, We all miss being able to go out to see a film with friends and for our NHS patients who are more isolated than ever and not able to visit our in-hospital cinemas. It is even harder. This is such a wonderful initiative. Uh, We are so grateful for Cinema Showtime support, which will help ensure that our cinemas will reopen and that patients can once again have a break from the wards and their conditions to do what used to feel normal to all of us. To go and watch a great film. Alright, so check out the links in this episode's information on how you can get involved with uh, Cinema Showtime. Great stuff. Okay, so this week I checked out The Last Days of American Crime. Okay, so um, this is, um, yeah, this is from Olivia Megatron. Um, I mean, who you will probably know from stuff like Transporter Free, Taken 2, Taken Free, and he also did Columbinia, Columbiania, however the hell you pronounce it. Um, yeah, they, they've been, um, you know, his uh, films. It was produced by Jesse Berger, Jason Michael Berman, and Barry Levin. Uh, the screenplay was by Kyle... Chagadusk. Uh, it's based on a comic book series from um, Rick Remainder and Greg Tashini. So, uh, yeah, that comic book came out. God damn, that came out a long ass time ago. Um, like, I don't know, 2000 and. 11, I think, something like that, like, it's a, yeah, an old, old book, um, yeah, it came out from a a studio called Radical, and their whole thing was, they were going to put out comic books, um, which would then be vehicles to future film productions, you know, that was the whole, that was a whole idea, like, um, probably the most successful thing from them was probably Oblivion, um, but it didn't, they didn't actually release the comic book, you know, like, they, they, they touted it as something that was going to be coming, but in the end, it just turned up as a film rather than the comic, but, uh, yeah, that that's the 
that's the um, kind of thing around it. The film is starring Edgar Ramirez, Anna Brewster, Michael Pitt, Charlotte Copley, and Mohammed Tiger. Uh, music is from David Mensch. Um, cinematography, Daniel Arario. So the gist of the film is a bank robber joins a plot to commit one final historic heist before the government turns on a mind-altering signal that will end all criminal behavior. Yeah. Um, it was called API. <laughs> you know, um... Yeah, so, you know, I read the comic back in the day, and, like, it was fine, you know what I mean, it it, it was okay, it was, yeah, kind of dumb, over the top, like, they threw in some stuff that was kind of, you know what I mean, like, wasn't really needed, um, yeah, I I don't know. They, they they like there was certain stuff put in the book that just didn't need to be in a book. So like it it had some moments, but yeah, it was overall kind of frustrating. Um, like the the concept, the idea, it's interesting. You know, like this mind altering thing that will stop people doing anything illegal. Like, we've, you know, I think Black Mirror played with that concept. We've kind of seen that concept, you know, in, like played with in other films. But, you know, it's, it's not a bad concept that you could build from and create something interesting, right? Um, so a lot of people have slammed the film and they're saying because of, um, releasing it now, kind of, you know what I mean? It's making light of the current protests that are happening, but no, <laughs> like I, that's just a bit of a weak argument, right? Because look. You can hate the film on a lot of other things. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to put on that reasoning to go, oh, yeah, they're making light of this. You know, that's why I hate this film. Because, really, we're meant to have this world that is in disarray. Well, America is meant to be in disarray. And all this craziness, you know, because it starts off and it's good. We have one week before the API goes into play. And what we see, it's not really a whole heap of havoc. Do you know what I mean? Like we're getting sold that everyone is going crazy, but we, you know, we have um, our main character, Brick, you know, Pedro Ramirez, like walking out of a building. And you see a few things happening, 
but it isn't really that much mayhem. You know, like it's not the mayhem that we're being sold on, which makes it all a bit weird. Like they try and kind of sell it as this is like everything is just in disarray. Like you've got a woman dancing topless on a car, which makes no sense because you know if we're meant to have this lawless situation let's face it she isn't going to be staying on that car for long she would have been dragged off and you know people would have done shit to her but that we, we you know we see some people come running out of a shop after robbing it but that's kind of it, you know, there's not this disarray and craziness that we're kind of being sold on, so there's that, like, the film starts with this kind of, like, a torture, revenge scene, um, which, you know, that they've used to try and sell us on the fact that Brick is a badass, you know what I mean, like, hey, if you screw with Brick, he's gonna come back at you tenfold, but you just don't really feel the scene, like, they, they, you know, we're going straight into it, so it's just a bit like, huh, what, like, think of the, the chainsaw scene in Scarface, right, that, that had a lot of tension, you know what I mean, that scene, you were just like, oh, my, wait, what the fuck are they doing, no, oh, my God, no, this, you're like, eh, because, you, you know, we don't believe that Brick is this bad art, it's just not selling to us, the whole situation isn't getting sold to us, they've got this music playing, but it's just a bit like, yeah, it's not building the scene, there's no tension, you know, they've thrown us straight into this thing, but they haven't built the tension, and that was the problem, and I think that's the problem running through basically the whole film, like, we just, we're not sold on anything that's happening, you know, like, we're introduced to, um, uh, gosh, oh my god, I can't think of the girl's name now, Anna Brewster, yes, so we're introduced to her character, right, Shelby, um, in a bar, and we're just kind of like, she's meant to have this lure on brick, but we just, you don't buy the chemistry between Brewster and Daniel Fox, who plays, um, sorry, Edgar Rumez, who plays Brick, right, we don't buy that chemistry, right, you don't even buy the chemistry between, um, you know, Brewster and, um, Michael Pitt, right, who's like Kevin um, Cash, the the other kind of main character, 
And so, yeah, you're kind of looking at these things and you're just like, I don't, huh? I don't buy these relationships. I'm not sold on these characters. I have no empathy for anyone here. You know, it's just like you don't care what happens to them. And while, like, their situation is um, happening, right? While that's happening, we're seeing a cop, like, a little side story with this cop played by um, Copley. And you're just kind of like, wait, what is this? I don't understand why this is happening. Like, what impact does this character have on the story? And even when it all plays out at the end, you're just like, why? Why? <laughs> like, I, I don't know why they had that. That, that if you had removed that, you've still got the same film. You know, it was just a weird thing that got tacked on. You know, the film tried to follow the comic pretty much, you know, most of the beats. But they threw in some other things that, like, you know, Copley's character, that didn't really make any sense. And they also um, didn't, you got more of an understanding of the API in the comic. And, you know, why it's there. And also, there was more craziness happening on the streets. So you could buy a bit more the whole um, breakdown in society. Right? But, yeah, in the film, you don't really... Don't really get it. Also, throwing the whole um, brother angle with Brick... Which just seemed a bit like, huh, really, what? Then, you know, there's this big thing at the end, um, which doesn't really make any sense. You know, that bit doesn't make any sense. Because, you know, it's just like a reason why I can withstand this thing. And then it's also, oh, yeah, and I sued them. And you're just like, wait. Huh? That, like, they wouldn't... That's not happening. It's not happening, and it makes them... Like, at least in the comic book, you got the, the, you know, the impetus for that was, oh, I'm a psychopath. And you're like, all right, I, I, yeah, that makes more sense, right? But what they did in the film, it was just a bit like, ugh, fine. Whatever. And then you get the just oh I, I will just mention, right? A load of you know, if someone's unloading into a a car, into a truck, it's you're telling me it's not stopping. You're telling me no one's hitting a tire, no one's hitting like the engine. It was yeah, there's some weird shit happening. Right, 
Like, it's essentially what we see with this film is stuff we have seen in other films, but just done better. And that's the problem. You know, we've, we've seen this story basically played out a hundred of times. And, you know, we, we've seen it in films that have been able to convey more emotion. So that's the, that's the overall problem, right? That's the overall problem. And, you know, the ending is just kind of, is flat. Yo, it's just like, after all that, that's what you're doing? That, okay, fine. What, like, whatever. Yo, I don't, I don't, because you don't care about the characters, there's no impact on this moment. So it just feels very wasted and just limp. You know? But, Listen, I I would say, right, if you're fans of stuff like, um, like, if you liked Tomboy, right, the assignment that we talked about last week, um, or the week before, I forget, but if you like that, then, yeah, this will be fine, you know what I mean, you'll enjoy this, you know, if you like stuff like, um, Triple Frontier, Yorin, I think this, this will work for you. And if you want just some action thing on in the background, yeah, this is going to work, right? This is something that you might throw on and you just don't have to really think about it. But yeah, it's not the film to watch if you want something meaningful and, like, something you can really get your teeth into and you can enjoy those characters. Like, Extraction is a better film for you if you're wanting that, right? But, um, yeah, you know, it's there. It's on Netflix. You can go check it out, okay? So, The Last Days of American Crime. There you go. Okay, so this week I checked out The Ascent. Um, it's actually, uh, it's got, well, it was also known as Black Ops. And before that, it was called Stairs. But for the UK release, it's going by the name The Ascent. This is the new film from Tom Patton who, as well as directing, also wrote the feature. And it is starring Rachel Warren, Toby Osborne, Osmond even, Simon Meacock, Sophie Austin, Samantha Schneitzler, Shane Ward, and Bentley Kalui. The gist of the film is this. The Ascent follows a group of mercenaries who are sent to Eastern Europe in the middle of a civil war to retrieve intel. 
Shortly after the mission, the unit find themselves trapped on a never-ending stairwell, forced to climb or die. To survive, they must revisit their past sins if they ever want to get off. It blurs the lines of action and horror, creating a visually unique cinematic experience. Practical effects, bone-crunching fight sequences and existential dread are combined with time travel and big questions about the repercussions of violence and consequence. This was Tom Patton's third film to premiere at the prestigious Fright Fest Film Festival in London, August 2019. So, yes, that's the um, that's the gist of the film, people. And, yeah, so we, we start off in a, you know, a war-torn country uh, that we're assuming is Europe, right? And we see everything go down, and it doesn't go well. It really doesn't. You know, I mean, there's um, definitely issues, and the Geneva Convention. I don't think it was fully followed. You know, so this all happens. They come back to the UK, and they get to the headquarters, so they have to report, and uh, yeah. They um, are forced to use the stairwell. And that's when it all gets a bit iffy. Right? So they are... Um, yeah, basically, it's like, you know, a conveyor belt. They're just trapped on this stairway, stairwell. And forced to just relive. Essentially, it's, you know... It's the same day. Like, it seems time on the stairwell has stood still. And, yeah, they've got to Groundhog Day it, essentially. You know? Um, Because that's the thing, right? So, this film, it's kind of... There's elements of... Well, you could say Groundhog Day. Or we could, you know, use a more modern... Take and that's Edge of Tomorrow, right? So we've got those two films. Then throw in um, something like The Raid and Dread, where it's confined to this kind of one location, you know, and they're kind of traversing that to see what they can. You know, Dread, that's on a stairwell. I think The Raid... The raid, he's going up a building, right? If I remember rightly. It's been a long time since I'd seen that film. But, uh, yeah. So, that's the big pull here. Right? To um, see how they can get themselves out of this just horrendous situation. um, And deal with, you know... What's stalking them? Yeah, that is the thing. So, um, I think if you're a fan of at 
action films, there is some action here. Yo, I wouldn't say it's as crazy action filled as um you know I think you might perceive from the synopsis and like the poster and everything like that. But yeah, you know, we do get some we do get some action. I think um for a low budget film, right? You have to think, okay, they didn't do a bad job at being creating a story that isn't using like loads of different locations, and they were able to, you know, put something together to convey the message they want, right? Um, I think an a few issues though. The the dialogue is just the dialogue is not good, right? That's the that's the problem, and I think you could have got away with the bad dialogue if you know the delivery was a bit better and there was actual chemistry between um, you know the actors and actresses. There's just not. You, you, like, you know, this is meant to be a team that has worked together on multiple missions. You really don't get that sense, you know? It, it, it feels like people that have been thrown together that day. Because they just don't gel. Like, no one gels. It's kind of weird, right? In that kind of respect. Which is a shame. It's a real shame because it's just like ah, it it could have worked. It it could have worked if at least that element was coming together, right? But then you've kind of got Shane Ward's character. So Shane Ward is making his you know feature film debut, and. Yeah, like, I, I maybe not put him in such a big role. Because, you know, it, 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 it's just, I think it's that weird situation, right? When you, you're meant to be conveying, uh, I don't know, I guess it depends what, you know, he was told. Because the character is, like, angry, Angry, and we, you know, we find out that there's some guilt behind his actions, but it's just too much, right? And and the snap is way too much, right? Which doesn't really make any sense, especially with someone who is meant to be the leader. Someone is meant to have known these people, work with these people. But you kind of think, once you find out what happened in the past, with the way he's acting, you're just like, wait, how did you make it, you know, through the evaluation? Because it's clear that you ain't ready to be back in the field. Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? 
Because you should have been able to hold it to give her a little bit more. The break kind of, it, it, it should have been more of a slow drip. But this was just one to a hundred in a second. Which, yeah, kind of, yeah, just spoils things. You know, is there's just this, I'm going to kill you all. I'm going to kill you all. You have to follow me. Yeah. And it's just like this, it's way too much. It, you know what I mean? They, it should have been a build up to this thing. Then we can kind of get the breakdown and all of that. And that, that kind of would have, you know, made it a bit more believable, I kind of feel. And then there's other revelations that we get that just seem a bit like, eh, that's kind of convenient to throw that in there. But after, like, all of this shit's going down and then you get the kind of scully response, I don't believe, I don't believe. And it's just like, like, what do you want? (laughs) Like, what do you want? (laughs) You know, it's just... It's a little odd, you know, it is a little odd, and I think when you, you know what I mean, when the whole kind of conceit of the premise is revealed, right, and and they have, they realise, oh, so we have to travel to, you know, try and change events, No one is kind of pulling together. Like, you know, the first time it happens, like, you're just like, well, surely you must now understand that the odd things that happened on the mission the first time, yeah, that should all kind of become clear now. But no one... Like, even at the end, no one is just like, oh, I get what that was. Right. Yes. Clearly, that is... Like, no one no one seems to pull that bit together, which seems weird. And, you know, every time that they're reliving this thing... No one tries to change the very start, which is like, change the start, you know what I mean, like, change how this all begins, but no one, like, the, the shot is at the same place, and the but, but, and it's just like, you've got to, what are you doing, what are you doing, and there's one guy that does a thing, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go and go around the back, and he's just like, wait, 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 you're the one that fired, so you surely should know not to, ah, yeah, there's, there's all these threads that you can see that, you know, when putting it together, they're like, oh, this will be clever, this will look, bum, 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 but they just don't make sense, it, like, it doesn't make sense when you're viewing it, because you're like, well, if that person did that thing, then, then they should know going background, 
Because it's not like they forget every single day. You know what I mean? Every time they go through, it's a, you know, it's a new memory and they have to kind of go on a blank sir. No. They know what happened. So you know where the shots are coming from. You know what you did the first time. So surely, you know? Uh, yeah, so that's kind of baffling, right? That's kind of baffling. And I think one thing, and it, you know, this might be a minor little thing, but it always kind of bugs me when I, I see it in films, right? Because on the first mission, right, on the first time around, so they're going through fields, they're going through muck and all of this, no one's dirty, like, no one's dirty, and then they go in, they're, they're on this repeat loop, and no one is still dirty, and it's not until the end, well, towards the end, that there is at least, at least some kind of stuff on the, the uniforms, but the faces the faces are clean, and you're just like, okay, you, you've been walking forever, you're saying, oh, this is wearing us out, but no one's sweating, no one's, and it's just, like, these little bits kind of threw me out, because it's just like, well, where's the evidence of this, you know, because we know you know, you're saying the words, but nothing else is reflecting the stuff. So, yeah, and yes, I get it, right? So maybe, you know, hair and makeup, you're trying to save money, you're trying to, and it's just something that got missed, right? And, hey, possibly no one else will notice that. I don't know. But, yeah, that kind of threw me out a lot of the time, um, yeah, you know, it's all a bit of a shame, now, you've got this horror element, okay, um, which is the, you know, on the stairs, and, uh, the, you know, when we're given the, well, when they're given the ominous, you know, thing to not do, right, so it's a bit like, okay, so, and we know this thing is there, but it's not really played on enough, like, you know, we see kind of flashes to it a few times, and yeah, there's, there's issues when people do the thing that <laughs> they've been told not to do, but other than that, it's not, you know, it, it, it's not really this overly crazy thing, you know, like, you change the lights, you play some music to try and emphasise this thing, and this period kind of time issue warp sequence but that's kind of it 
Like the music becomes frustrating. The lighting is just a bit like, okay, what else? Like, what else can you do to kind of really just create this, you know, ambience of fear and foreboding? Because, yeah, I'm I'm not getting sold because there's nothing to really emphasize that. You know, and and that's the shame. Like, look, the the idea isn't that bad. The idea isn't that bad. We've kind of had it in in kind of concepts before, but that it can still work. We can still get a good, crazy, scary, fun kind of action thriller, horrory thing, you know, with it. But yeah, it just, there's just these elements that kind of stop us from being able to be fully immersed, you know, fully on board with what's going. And it's only really at the end that they kind of, you know, shoehorn in the War is bad message. You know, that's it at the very end. Because the actions, you know, ain't like it's 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 just like are you really going to let the atrocities happen? You know, you need to sell the people and for us to get them so you can see, oh. Yeah, that's not them, right? Because, you know, if that's going to play into the film, we, you know what I mean, you need to kind of, yeah, just show that that level, that, you know, that issue, that moral kind of, I can't do this thing, and I have to help, and you you have to kind of show that in these people, so when it all breaks down, like the burden, right, because, yeah, just to kind of tack it on at the end, just feels a bit, uh, a little bit cheap, you know, but I don't know, that's that's kind of just what I feel from it, but you know I would say look if you're a fan as I said of Edge of Tomorrow of Dread of the Raid, then yeah this could be your thing. If you liked um ah oh, I believe it's Risen to the Possession, you know or even Risen One, even if you're a fan of those kind of horror, military-type films, then, yes, I think you'll be a fan of this, okay, so, and also, if you've seen Tom Patton's films in the past, right, you'll be on board, you will be on board for this, and people, you can, um, yeah, be part of uh, the premiere, Right, because they are um, offering a, a a VR 
premiere because you know we're in lockdown and the cinemas are shut. So check out the information in the episode descriptions, right? And you will find a link which will take you um you know to uh the website, right? To birdbox.film, right? And yeah, there you'll be able to enjoy the premiere tomorrow night. So that's um, you know, Friday the uh the 12th of June. Um and Monday the 15th of June, the film will be hitting uh you know a lot of the other platforms for VOD so you'll be able to go to iTunes Amazon Sky Store you know Google Play all of those and uh download the film okay so if this sounds like it is something that you will enjoy you know if you like those horror action sci-fi hybrids if you're a fan of Tom Patton you know, then, uh, yeah, check the premiere on Friday the 12th or the full release on Monday the 15th of June. And remember, the information, the links are in the episode description. Okay, people. So, we drawing to the close on another episode And we've got a bit of film news before we bounce Well, in the light of everything that's happening in uh, the world right now And, um, yeah, you know, a lot's been going on, right? We talked about some of the stuff in... Echoes from the Void yesterday Well, the film world is seeing stuff as well And HBO Max has um, pulled Gone With The Wind from its library Right, so ah, This is, this is a weird one, right So Supposedly, John Ridley had wrote a um, editorial for the Los Angeles Times, um, and in it, he he talked about um, the fact that he thought that Gone with the Wind should be removed because of the racial stereotypes, right, and the way the film looked at slavery. Um, and yes, yeah, so it seems HBO have listened to this And with, you know, everything else They've decided to take it down, right? So um, they put out a statement And it said Gone with the Wind is a product of its time And depicts some of the ethnic and racial prejudices That have unfortunately been commonplace in American society These racist depictions were wrong then and are wrong today And we felt that to keep this title up without an explanation And a denouncement of those depictions would be irresponsible 
These descriptions are certainly counter to Warner Media's values. So when we return the film to HBO Max, it will return with a discussion of its historical content and a denouncement of those very depictions, but will be presented as it was originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. If we are to create a more just, equitable and inclusive future, we must first acknowledge and understand our history. Okay, so that's a fair thing. And yes, I, you know, have something that talks about, you know, the depictions in the film and how just fuckeries they are. But I do kind of wonder if, uh, you know, Warner's felt so strongly on this. Why wasn't that just done straight out the gate? You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's just like, oh, they just woke up today and thought, hold on. Gone the Wind is a bit messed up. We need to do something about this. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, look, the film came out in 1939. Yeah. It's an old-ass film. So, everyone should know, you know what I mean, the depictions and everything like that in it. So, you'd think, because I think that's what Disney have done with a lot of their films, right? I mean, they won't even show Song of the South because of the depictions and everything in it. So, yeah, you'd have kind of felt this would have been done then. And, um, yeah, I, I just feel it's kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? It's kind of bullshit. Uh, but, um, yeah, talking about you know, depictions and stuff like that, just Tank, Trank, just Trank, Tank, you know who I'm talking about, people, director of Chronicles, um, and he made Fantastic Four in 2015 that was a turkey, well, there was the whole backlash around Johnny Storm being played by Michael B. Jordan, and the thing with that is, look, some of that reaction was definitely racist, right? But I feel you can tell those ones from the people who are just like, um, in the comic it was this. So there's a difference. But um, Trank did, has done an interview with First Cut, and in that... He's now saying that he wanted Sue Storm to be a black actress. Um, the role was played by um, Katie, Kate Mara. But yeah, he's saying he wanted a black actress. And he said this, right? There was a lot of controversial conversations that were had behind the scenes on that. I was mostly interested in a black Sue Storm and a black Johnny Storm and a black Franklin Storm. 
But when you're dealing with the studio on a massive movie like that, everyone wants to keep an open mind to who the big stars are going to be. Like, well, maybe it'll be Margaret Robbie or something like that. But when it came down to it, I found a lot of pretty heavy pushback on casting a black woman in that role. When I look back on that, I should have just walked when that, that sort of resolution hit me. And I feel embarrassed about that, that I didn't just out of principle. Those aren't the values I stand for in my own life, and those weren't the values then or ever for me. Because I'm someone who always talks about like standing up for what I believe, even if it means burning my career out. I feel that I feel bad that I didn't take it to the mat with that issue. I feel like I failed in that regard, but that was a weird, unfortunate situation. I don't know how else to put it. If there's one regret that I have, it's that. Now, I do think it's kind of odd that this is the first time we're hearing it and he's saying it at a time of, you know, just displeasure and frustration and um, yeah, just tired of taking the shit. And so now he's saying this, I'm like, look, if that happened, that happened, but why didn't you say it then? You know what I mean? It just feels like an opportune time to be voicing this, right? And to be honest, hey, I just don't believe it, right? Maybe it is true, but I kind of feel like you would have said it then because there was plenty of opportunity for it to be said then, but he's waited all this time. He's waited five motherfucking years. Right? I know there's too many people trying to jump up and claim shit that they don't even believe in. But, you know, alright, it can't be proven, so that's all I'm saying on that. Now, Trank is also talking on his Capone film, right? That, um, yeah, seems to um, be splitting people, right? Um, and with that, he he had something to say about the weirdness in the film. Yeah, everybody was like, there are areas where you could be weirder. If you've already gone this far to make a movie this weird and this unexpected, own it. Own your shit. No pun intended. I'm actually very happy with the outcome. And... Yeah, he also said, at this moment, it looks like it's split down the middle. And the things that people seem to love about the movie are the same exact things that other people hate about the movie. That's perfectly fine, because everything in this movie is up front and centre for you to see. Nothing is being hidden, it's right there. But I'm glad that what people are reacting to are the most extreme elements of the movie. It's getting a reaction. If you hate this movie, that's perfectly fine because you're reacting to something that's pretty real. And um, yeah, if you wanna see Capone, 
Uh, you can find it on, um, you know, most platforms that support VOD. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, there's a lot. Um, all right, some other news. Um, we are getting a new film from Michael Morris, who you might know from Better Call Saul. Um, it's going to be starring Alison Janney and John Hawkes, along with Andrea Riseborough. Um, and it's inspired by a true story. Okay, so. Um, yeah, Riseborough is going to be playing a single mother living in West Texas whose life only gets worse after she wins the lottery. Years later, she hits rock bottom but finds the strength to rebuild her life. Um, yeah, alright. <laughs> I mean, okay. Fine. We'll see how that turns out, right? Now, this sounds kind of interesting Although, you know, I think there's been a lot of films that have played with the concept But, um, okay, so Brett Marty's, um, he had a, um, a, a short film called Youth And he is now making a, um, a full-length feature on that story and uh, he's got Pierce Brosnan to star So the gist is is this It's set in a world when the world's hottest um, commodity And the most expensive, naturally, is renewal A procedure to rewind your body's biological clock back to its prime Bronson plays an ad tech engineer about to retire at the age of 70 after a lengthy career. Not wanting to lose him, his company pays for him and his wife Alice to renew. While she emerges in her 20s, his procedure goes tragically wrong and his aging accelerates rapidly. With weeks to live, he sets out on a more dangerous procedure to save him and uncovers the dark origins of the renewal technology along the way. I mean, yeah, that doesn't sound too bad, right? Could be interesting. Um, and Marty co-wrote the film along with Josh Eisenberg and Amelia Whitcomb. Okay, so also, um, Kiki Palmer is um, starring in a new flick called Alice. Um, it's gonna be from um, Kristen Verlinden, who will be making her directorial debut, uh, and she wrote the script as well Peter Lawson is producing um, And it's uh, The concept is this So it says it's inspired by True events Which I don't know man I don't know Because this story sounds kind of You know So basically We're following a woman 
in um, it says servitude. So basically, she's a slave. Just say she's a slave. In the 1800s, Georgia, um, she escapes the 55-acre confines of her captor, only to discover. You know what I mean? Past, you know, the fields and the tree line. It's actually 1973. So, um, yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of odd. In a, not in a bad way, but yeah, you know, that's coming. Um, I think the filming, they're looking to get underway in August. Uh, so, Disney... Uh, is developing a film called All Night Long And it's going to be the equivalent of Mamma Mia For Lionel Richie's musical library Right? So it's live action It's going to be, yeah, just, just like that You know, a story that interjects Richie's classic songs um, Yeah you know, and I mean that's kind of it. <laughs> you know, like, there's no um, story plot or anything like that right now. Um, but you know, Rich has got a gang of uh, top songs. I mean, that's just on his own. But you know, he also has the Commodore stuff as well. So. You know, I guess if this goes well, they could potentially, you know, do a sequel like they did with Mamma Mia. And um, Peter Chirelli, who wrote uh, Crazy Rich Asians and The Proposal, he's going to be um, writing the script for this. Uh, and people, finally, if you live in California, hey, Got some news for you Because it sounds like Cinemas should be reopening Tomorrow Friday the 12th of June Um Yeah I mean there's gonna be You know social distancing Measures and everything Like that Um it says for at least the first Two weeks Right um But you know, you get cinemas That's pretty cool So there's going to be a You know, it's definitely a reduced capacity Like 25% um, But, you know Hey, that's pretty it's, it's still a good look, man It's still a good look So, um, hey You get to watch films So enjoy Californians And remember Check the um, episode details for how you can go watch The Ascent um, As it makes its premiere tomorrow, Friday the 12th, 7pm UK time um, And 11am and 2pm 2, 2 um Western East Coast in the States So um, yeah you can watch it With um, a VR headset Or you can just watch a regular version So uh, there you go people Enjoy your film watching um, Yeah oh 
Remember, the new Spike Lee film is out on Netflix tomorrow, The Five Blocks. And Artemis Fowl is hitting Disney Plus. So, hey, it's got some interesting shit coming, right? Um, enjoy what you do, and we will uh, chew the fat again next week. All right, people. Peace.